Hello and welcome to Rewired Mind Counseling Podcast. My name is Esther Obonde and I am the host of this show. Thank you for joining us for today's pioneering podcast on overcoming anxiety and depression using coping mechanisms. This will be achieved by integrating faith-based and clinical approaches and exploring ways that anxiety can be minimized, managed, or eliminated. I will be explaining my approaches in detail in my subsequent podcasts. any suggestions for psychologists, psychotherapists, and other healthcare professionals to believe that their psychotherapy provision will be effective regardless of the attitudes and beliefs of the older adult? Do you, uh, do you understand? Or should I read the question again? I think It's a very long question. Yeah, go ahead. Go read it one more time. That's yeah, okay. okay. Do you have any suggestions for psychologists, psycho, that's the uh, healthcare, healthcare professionals, you know, to believe that their psychotherapy provision will be effective regardless of the attitudes and beliefs of the older adults, mm-hmm. you know? Bear in mind that they, even um, a therapist is has that uh, in their mind that the the older adult want seeking help might mm-hmm. not even uh, value it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of those uh, hindrances. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. They, they are just doing it because they have to do it. Right, right. Without you know having that belief that you know they're helping mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know well um our medical and our psychological community is just um can be so supportive of older adults mm-hmm. and um i think that understanding that depressive mood mm-hmm. um is so the dsm um you know, the diagnosing depression, it usually looks like at the last two weeks. But looking at a longer period of time for older adults, maybe over the last year, I have had a decrease in my interest and pleasure of doing activities. I used to walk with my friends in the community, but not looking just at two weeks time period, but a longer time period for older adults. Um, they, that would be a key point to notice about depression is I've had a lack of interest and pleasure in activities I used to enjoy not over the last two weeks but longer Longer. maybe a year maybe two years um uh, also um looking at like I said earlier is earlier is physical ailments because a lot of times that they might be able to articulate they might be able to articulate Mm -hmm. I really have a lot of stomach issues lately I have not been sleeping lately. Um, And those things are easy to say. We're saying, because it's hard to um, formulate and put into words. 
I, I've never been able to talk about my emotions growing up. You're, you had to work on the farm. You had to work in the factory. You had to work and take care of the kids. Yeah. So now you want me to talk about emotions? I'm not even sure how to put that into words. Yeah. <laughs> but I can put That's into true. words that my yeah. stomach hurts mm-hmm. or I got a headache. Mm-hmm. Uh, when helping them to be able to talk about memories. Uh, to me, talking about things that are starting to have points that are easy to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to talk about uh, when I used to go with my dad to the uh, corner grocery store and and talk about things that they, and then using that as a jumping point off to other things. What did that feel like? Yeah. So that you can help the older adults to start to put words to emotions. Um, and uh, I think um, a lot of times counseling of older adults is helping them to be able to put words to feelings. Um, because of the connection between, you know, thoughts and feelings. Right, words right. and feelings. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, so, again, the key to interviewing is to ask changes over a more extended period of time. Um, it's not uncommon for a person, a client, to just self-criticize. I'm just lazy. That's why I don't go out with my friends anymore. Um, I'm just, you know something and just to self-criticize also to understand that depression um, a lot of time comes out as anger and especially in uh, men that frustration again it's that articulating emotions so I'm angry well when you can get past um, I always say that working with older older adults takes a thick skin um, kind of like children, they just tell you like it is. I don't like yeah. your clothes. I don't like your hair. Yeah. You know, they just tell it like it is. Sometimes older adults can be that yeah. frank, and you need to have tougher skin. But they can be maybe abrasive um, when they are depressed because that is the way that they can um, they can't articulate the words. So helping them to put words to emotions, I think, is a um, a critical um, aspect of counseling older adults. Um, also, if we can early identify um, depression, we can also help older adults keep their activities of daily living. So um, if I am low, depressed, unhappy, anxious, I might sit on the couch more, I might just not get out of my wheelchair. I might not do a lot of things. And then suddenly I lose some muscle um, strength in my thighs. And then I can't go to the bathroom or I can't get myself up. Um, So depression has a real snowball effect Mm -hmm. in that if we can identify depression earlier, we can hopefully help that older adult with keeping their activities of daily living and where they can live independently or still be actively engaged. Um, And like you said early, that social isolation is just really a critical issue. Yeah, Yeah. it it decreases um, immune function, uh, uh, cognitive decline. It's just really um, getting people 
engaged with other people is is just um, crucial. Mm-hmm. And as you know, with depression, we most of the time isolate. We pull back from others. And um, and older adults are expressly, expressly, expressly pull back into withdrawing. Um, and because a lot of times it's hard to explain what emotions, which ones are which. Do they matter? Am I making a big deal out of nothing? Um, yeah. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Well, well stated. Yeah. Do you have any word for the younger generation that has uh, older people around them? Mm. Is there any word you can uh, mm. offer them to, you know, adjust mm. or mend things? Mm. To amend uh, uh, fences or... Uh, to, to help their mm. older, you know, relatives sure sure you know Mm -hmm. enhance their mood and you know help them Mm -hmm. well a lot of my work has been life story work Mm -hmm. and um it's to build connections between people between the generations between um nursing home staff and older adults Mm -hmm. and so if we if i know your stories esther i know your upbringing, I can suddenly have some more compassion and understanding for maybe your mannerisms, maybe, um, you know, like a minute ago, I said to John, I use my hands, you might think, uh, you know, I was Italian, you know, and once we understood a little bit of someone's background, we might be able to say, ah, okay, I understand. So listening to people's stories builds connections, it can build compassion and empathy. I can see that this person that's lying in bed that is bedridden in a nursing home, she was a World War II nurse. She did, uh, you know, battles. She went into the battlefield. She nursed people on the battlefield. When I understand that, I don't just see her as a patient anymore. I see her as a person. And I, I think it, then it builds a connection, an empathy for that person. So I think with the younger generation or with any of us, if we can hear stories and ask, what's a favorite story from when you were growing up? What, um, what is one of your favorite memories as a as favorite birthday? Uh, I don't have any good birthdays. Oh, you know, do you have a favorite pet? Something that's non-threatening and asking about some of those early memories will start to open conversation with the with the older adult, and it's it's non-threatening. Um, and it starts to build relationship. And for the listener, it can help build compassion That's right. and empathy. Yes. That's true. That's yeah. True. That's, um, it's interesting. It's a very, you know, it, it, it's a problem in the society yeah. about how the older, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, population are managing themselves, in, yeah. you know, even in those in the nursing home, as you said, yeah. you know, don't even get help. Right. You know, don't get, uh, they don't have anyone visiting. Right, them, right, know. right, right. Yes. It's a, it's, 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 a, uh, it's a serious problem. Yes, it is. You yes, know, it is. Yeah. They right. go in there. Mm. I, I've once worked in, a, in, a, in that facility, mm. and I know how they feel. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody visiting them at all. Nobody right. re- uh, relating with them. 
Right. But um, thank God they've got gotten the staff and all mm-hmm. that to keep them going. Yeah, yeah. Know? But they need more than just right the staff. Right, you know, right. And all the resources, they right? Need, so that pets and all. Right, yeah. and the staff is overworked yeah. and overworked. Yeah, yes. underpaid. Underpaid. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's it's a it's a tough situation. It is. Yeah. It is. Yes. It is. And I like the work you do from the. Can you say a little bit about what you do so that uh, we can tie it in? With, um, yeah. yeah, say a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so yeah. I uh, have an organization called Life Story Work, mm-hmm. and it um, is a nonprofit organization, and it's dedicated to improving the care and dignity and quality of life for older adults, and it's by listening and capturing and preserving each person's history. So we want to listen and teach people to listen and listen well. And uh, we hope to instill in others a respect for another person's experiences um, and a recognition that every person has value. Um, Storytelling can heal, um, heal the storyteller, and it can heal and impact other people. Just uh, like talk therapy. Yes, yeah, uh-huh, yes, exactly, good. yeah. Um, so we try and build uh, also story books or some sort of product, and right now we're just doing books. And um, so Life Story Work pulls together, let's say, a book. So I would listen to your stories and then compile those stories and add pictures if you had pictures. Okay. If not, I would Google some pictures uh, one woman, um, she was a cheerleader in the 40s at a high school in Houston, and I Googled photos, and actually somebody had scanned photos of her yearbook, and there was a picture of her cheerleading in the 40s. And I was able to put that in her life story book with her stories and compile it into a book and give that to that person. They can share that with others if they get transferred to another facility or if they did become demented um, or they went to a hospital, somebody else had their stories, could read them to them, uh, could um, know a little bit about more about that person. Yeah. And again, so that, that would, there would be compassion and empathy for that person as an individual and not just a patient. Um, so uh, we want to support uh, people in listening train people to listen, train people how to work with older adults and listen well. Um, yeah. That's and That's good. Yeah. That's good. Is it just for the uh, older population? Can that life story be done for somebody, oh, yeah. say, between 40 and 50? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Which, is it? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So okay. I've had some younger people in their 40s or 50s, oh. but life story work started out as um, as an intervention for children that were adopted oh. so that they, any stories, any information they had about the child oh could my. go with that child to their adoptive family. That is yes. great. So it was, that's how it started, but it's found that it worked very well for people with dementia, mm. uh, any form of dementia, and now mm. used for older adults in mm-hmm. other settings, in the community, and uh, nursing homes, um, whatever facility, oh. but it's capturing their stories. And I, what I like is the older adult gets to say mm-hmm. their story in their own words. 
not in my husband's words, uh, not in my daughter's words, but in my words. This is how I remember one, two, three, and um, and it's special to them. And um, that's very good. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, I love what you do. Thank you, Esther. Yeah. Thanks. And thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Mm. And we'll be doing more because um, you. There is a lot you yeah, have there is to a lot, yeah. share with people, yes. you know, especially yeah. those who are hurting, yes. isolated, not yes. knowing what to do. Yeah. So we need to get the word out there. Yeah, so and listening you. is a yeah. is a lost art. Listen. Yeah, you know, because so. uh, the world is so it's a busy, busy. Place now yes, yeah, and nobody has time mm-hmm. to listen. Right, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Well, it's a privilege being here today, Oh, I'm so blessed. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Right. Uh, We will continue to look at the issues surrounding anxiety and depression during the upcoming podcast sessions, which, you know, um, will plug you in at Mm -hmm. some point again. You know, come up up with something. Mm -hmm. All right? All right. Yeah. So these uh, depression and um, anxiety, you know, is an interesting as well, it's interesting to look into it. Yes. It's not a good, a normal right. Ph- phenomenon, That's right. as you say. That's right. So it is broad, it's inexhaustible, ines- yeah. yeah. and with vast tools and techniques and strategies, we can you know, acquire yeah. wellness over mm-hmm. a, a period of time. So as you said, medication, you mentioned that medication isn't always the answer. Right. So at this point, I would say lifestyle, mm. you know, yes. getting those tools and techniques and using them re- frequently and yes. consistently Correct. S- to the extent that it becomes a lifestyle Correct. will then help, right. you know, counteract mm. the effects of, um, mm-hmm. um, or even the, uh, the having anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I believe in lifestyle. Yes, yes, very Yes, much. medication is very helpful. Sure. It's good when needed. That's right. You know, especially um, those yes. who cannot, you know, help Correct. themselves. Correct, yeah. right, right. Right. So we are excited that we are bringing, we'll be, uh, as time goes on, we'll be bringing guests, mm-hmm. you know, on a larger scale, you know, like, via Zoom, mm-hmm. and then share. That that will be... I'm looking forward to such a uh, time. Mm-hmm. In, and I'm scouting around to see, you know, guests to come in mm-hmm. and uh, also bring in their various experiences and expertise. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this will be an ongoing thing, even bringing in guests and uh, larger audiences coming in. So it's an ongoing thing. So mm-hmm. feel free to come in and whenever you feel like or whenever there is the need mm-hmm. to come and share with uh, with the world what you have to give. Mm-hmm. So, And uh, the, the podcast thing will be weekly. It's a weekly thing. It will be done weekly. And um, beginning from Mondays we'll be publishing... So at this point, we'll be having more than one episode in a week. So so I will ask my audience to stay tuned and uh, listen to this podcast as we dish them out. Mm-hmm. All right. And, um, and, and that's it. So if anyone is happy with the topic we've dis- discussed, please follow the uh, websites 
So I will include your website so that they can go to your website and connect with you. And um, thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you on the next episode. Thank you. And have a blessed day. Thank you.